Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, the Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast, Nayere. Did I get it? Or not really? Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah? I will yeah, eventually yeah, get, to get your name yeah, yeah. right. Mm. Tell us a little bit <laughs> yes. about who you are. Why are you on my podcast today? Uh, well, hello, first of all. And um, I am Nayere uh, and uh, I'm uh, from Iran. So I met George in a, an airport very accidentally and uh, we started talking. And uh, I figured out that I really enjoyed our conversation um, because we talked about all of these, you know, random topics and uh, things that people all are encountered to every day in their daily life. And I really liked that uh, conversation with a total stranger back then. Um, and then later on, I figured out that you are um, recording these podcasts, uh, which is a brilliant idea. And you talk with people from around the world. And um, I found it really interesting. And um, I thought, okay, uh, if you ask me, I will definitely join that. And I'm happy that you asked. <laughs> yeah, no, Iran is a country that is very high on my bucket list. I, like I, I told you this already, every Iranian I've ever met has been incredibly nice exceptionally nice this is so kind of you that that is something i don't think i can say that about any other group of people that i've met in my life iranians there's something very very special about these people and i hope that you can expand on that today and tell us a little bit of why are you guys so generous and hospitable like it's incredible so let's begin at the beginning thank you very much right so what is the beginning yes where Did you grow up in Iran? What was it like to be a child growing up in this society? Um, well, that's a very good starting. Um, like um, most of the millennials, I would say, I was born in an era without any internet, without any social media, without uh, that many channels on TV. And um, I think I had a very peaceful and enjoyable childhood. So if I want to like give you an illustration of how my childhood looked like, I was back then living in, in a house with a big yard and I used to like play with the different types of animals every day that used to come to our yard. Uh, like I used to always have some uh, as pets, rabbits, hens, roosters, I don't know, uh, turtles. I used to also adopt some cats and I really enjoyed my childhood. Um, I think it was, it was one of the best period of my life. Yeah. And, uh, then I grew up, uh, I went to primary school, of course, like all children. And I was studying in a public school close by, um, my parents' house. And yeah, um, we used to just enjoy life back then in school with friends, with other kids. And in school, is it divided by... Only boys go to school or is it mixed that boys and girls go to the same school? How is that in Iran? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit different than the rest of the world, I think. Um, so uh, first of all, like um, kindergarten back then at least was not mandatory. So um, it was up to parents if they want to send their 
children to kindergarten or not. And if a child was going to kindergarten, it was mixed. So boys and girls were both in like playing together and uh, being together the whole day. But when the primary school starts, um, the schools are separated and we start primary school between the age of seven or eight, depending on what uh, half of the year you were born in. So from primary school to high school, the schools are separated, boys and girls. And then again, uh, when you start university, it's mixed. So we have 12 years of education separately, and then the rest is uh, sort of, yeah, mixed. And I wonder, just kind of, I'm just kind of riffing. I wonder if that actually allows boys to focus better and maybe even girls to focus better on their schooling when they're not like <laughs> constantly looking at them. Like, oh, look at that yeah. girl over there. Oh, you're <laughs> like... I, I wonder if there's ways to measure if if kids are able to focus better when they're divided. I'm not sure. That's just kind of a theory I just came up with right now. Yeah, I think that's actually the idea behind it, probably. Um, I'm not sure, uh, but probably that was the idea when they were designing the system. Um, there are ways to test that. I agree with you. And it would be a very nice topic of research. So... The honest answer is that I don't know. It's also something that you'll find here in Germany. I was in Bavaria visiting one of my students and mm -hmm. he told me that his wife, I think, went to the all-girls school and across the street, it was the all-boys school. So it's something that's also done here in Germany. That is a concept that you'll find. So I wonder how okay, those Okay, then maybe the answer perform. of that question can be found there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to do more research on that because that's an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. It would also be interesting for me if you find out some results. Please share that with me as well. <laughs> and how was it just maybe anecdotally for you? Did, did you find that you were able to focus better just going to school with all girls, not having to like think about boys and all those social, awkward social interactions that happen when you're a teenager? Yeah, I think I think I agree with that sort of. So if um, and I liked it because now that I'm a like more grown up person, I can see that sometimes really you know the decisions you make when you are a teenager or any sort of reaction to all of these social exposures. I don't know whatever it is to to social media to I don't know to 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 the other sex to different aspects of 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 the society you know um they are all based on they're not based on logic that much i would say so being separated at least in the time of the day that you're studying is helpful um in my opinion i think and outside school whatever you want to do is like your choice right so i think you shouldn't be forced to be interacting with all of those weird things by, let's say, attending mixed classes. But if you want to explore, then there are other places that you can go and explore, right? So in terms of focusing on your studies, I think it is helpful, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. So do you think that's why you're like this super smart scientist nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you articulate that. I wouldn't consider myself as a super smart scientist anyway. But uh, 
but yeah maybe the reason why I could be focused on my um, on my studies and then go to a good university maybe that was one of the reasons I don't know who knows huh? nobody knows we but don't uh, know. probably we don't know <laughs> right so at the beginning yeah. I, I talked about some of the qualities I've that I really admire about Iranians right like the hospitality the generosity mm. the friendliness the kindness what are the qualities yeah. that you most admire and you can steal some of mine, but maybe you can come up with some other qualities that you've also noticed. Well, um, I can name two uh, that are the most admirable ones for me. And unfortunately, there are some similarities with yours. But, uh, you know, when a quality is pronounced in a society, then everybody can see that, like hospitality, for instance. It's insane. When you walk in the streets, especially as a stranger in that community, it doesn't matter if you're coming from a different city or if you're coming from a different country. As soon as people understand that you are not familiar with the area, with the people, with the culture, with everything, they start like welcoming you in any possible way that they can. So they might offer you a cup of tea or they might offer you mm, a lunch or they might just smile on your face and then say hello. So they are very friendly in general, especially towards strangers. Uh, strangers meaning that the people that do not really belong to that community. And I experienced that myself uh, when I was traveling to another city in Iran, for instance, because, you know, Iran is a very big country. And um, like if you travel between the provinces, you can dif see different cultures, different people, different food, even sometimes different languages, like local accents or like local languages that people speak, which is um, a bit different than Farsi, like the, the you know, the national language, uh, which is taught in the school. So you will soon be recognized as someone who doesn't belong to that community and and uh, and you receive that very pleasing attitude from from everybody almost um so that's i think the most pronounced characteristic in all, in all iranians um that they are very hospitable uh that the second thing i have in mind is that um um, maybe it stems from our history somehow but um generally speaking iranians really value knowledge and uh, intelligence so from childhood like they they sort of learn it or i don't know maybe they um, maybe in the families they learn that uh, or in the society i'm not sure but um they all value learning and uh, and progress in life if you also look into the history for instance we had great philosophers and we had um, great um, polymaths, um, mathematicians, um, like biologists, doctors, like Avicenna is the, is the most, uh, I think, famous um, Iranian figure from, from the history. Um, and that I really like about, uh, about people in Iran, that they really work hard sometimes towards uh, learning more and experiencing more and uh yeah i've heard a lot i've also heard about like poets poets in in iran are highly valued and there's uh, i've been told that there's yes, some that yes, go indeed. from city to city and they have yeah like we have certain, great poems yeah. like so the arts are also emphasized not only like the the math like stem fields but also like the arts and mm. the cultural aspect of the society sure, is sure. also emphasized 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So what is it that you most appreciate about being Iranian? Right. So yeah, maybe like, of course, the intelligence and also the hospitality, but just for you personally, something that you're like, ah, oh, you know, it's really great that I was able to grow up in this environment and this is what it taught me that I can go out into the world because today you're in Sweden and Denmark, that this is how I can contribute to the world with these qualities that I've been raised with. I think, um, I think I am a bit um, like influenced in general, or let's say guided by uh, the history of Iran mostly. So I, um, I feel. Mm, I don't want to use the word proud, but uh, yeah, that's a very strong. I word. feel like maybe can we yeah, say yeah, grateful? Yeah, I mean, I don't like the word grateful. Yes, grateful mm-hmm. is a better word. Yeah. Yes, I feel really grateful to be born in a country with um, with um, three thousand five hundred years of history. Like, um, and the fact that you learn from past and you apply those in your life for the future is something that I appreciate a lot. Not only from Iran, but also from everywhere in the world. Like when you see great people doing great things to 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 provide. A life that you have right now is this, I don't know, sacrifice or this um, contribution is something one can be grateful for. Like, um, I'm always grateful to my ancestors, let's say, that provide us with this mentality, with this mindset, with this quality of life, like the vision we have to the life. I don't know. Because from traveling, I... And meeting new people from different parts of the world, I really found like that the mentality and the the, the vision every individual has towards life and the you know the the reason why we are alive um, is very different. So I think growing up with with uh, that vision, that specific vision of mine is something that I'm always grateful for. Um, I don't know if I could transfer what I had in mind, but let me know if it's not clear. I'm, I'm thinking here. So the idea is, right, it's a country with 3,500 years of history. There's a lot of people who've come before you that have paved the way for you to be able to develop academically, also socially, right? I like to talk a lot about yeah, the fact yeah, that I I'm mean, standing on the shoulders of, of giants. Like I'm not here exactly. if it's not for my parents and it's if it's not for my parents' parents. I come from a long yes, line indeed. of immigrants, of people who said, you know what? In my current situation, it's not working out and I need to look for a better option. They could have just stayed and just uh, lay down and say, okay, yeah, then my life is terrible, but they didn't. They decided to go in search of a better place. And I come from a long line of people who decided to do that, right? Like my great grandfather came from China, right? I have others who came from, uh, from Spain, right? Like it's a long line of these people and it makes me who I am today. I am not this person if it's not for them. So I, I, I think I kind of get the spirit of what you're saying. Yeah. Did I catch it? Yes, yes. 
I think yeah, you um, you said it well. In the West, there's a lot of negativity that we hear about Iran. We don't really get any good news. So maybe you can clarify some of these things, right? Especially when it comes to like sanctions and the regime. What is the sur- the current economic situation in Iran? Because they're kind of often seen as like a pariah state, kind mm-hmm. of go their own way. What is it like? to live in that country, to work in that country today? I think, unfortunately, it depends. <laughs> so due to all of these um, sanctions that you just mentioned, which are not at all fair. And also I can say, I don't want to also neglect the fact and the impact of mismanagement that sometimes is there, um, like corruptions and some, you know, abusers that are just uh, taking advantage of people's money because of the lack of a maybe strong system. So the effect of all of these, so sanctions and internal sometimes mismanagement, unfortunately, nowadays there is a gap between different economical classes of the society, let's say. So we have people who are very rich and the wealth of whom is sometimes even more than the rich people here in the West. At the same time, we have this middle-class people who are working hard to afford their life. And thankfully, this is possible. So if you work hard, you can afford your life. But we also have some poor people in, um, in Iran. So it really, the answer to this question that how it is to work and to live in the country nowadays, it really depends from what category you're coming from. There has been a lot of efforts to 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 i mean normalize the country let's say or normalize the situation a bit but unfortunately because of all of these external factors that sometimes are not in our hands they have not been that successful so i don't want to say that nothing has happened and it's just all full filled with corruption and 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 be negative uh but if we look at it like um I I lost the word based on facts. What do you say that? Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Yeah, if it's uh... if you look at it based on the facts, mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it can be hard. Let's say I'm a let's say I'm a young person from the middle class, mm-hmm. and I just graduated from university. What mm-hmm. are my opportunities? Um. So you have the opportunities like everywhere else in the world to to go to the industry and work um if you are in a technical science or i don't know some any fields of science if you are in humanity like you have studied law then you can just become a lawyer you take this exam for for the law frame and then you're granted this license to to open your office if you are a medical doctor i think it's it's a very straightforward path and uh, you can grant a very good life. <laughs> but for some specific um, subjects, let's say, like literature or uh, or art or, yeah, those that do not really have uh, practical jobs in the society, there has been difficulties. 
um, affording their life. So it really, again, depends on the major you have studied and on the path you want to take. If you want to stay in um, in universities, the quality of the universities are really good. I mean, the graduates are, you know, ruling the country. Like we have good engineers, we have good doctors. So the quality of our universities are good. But again, due to all of these sanctions and lack of infrastructure, when it comes to, you know, the edge of knowledge, there is a gap when you compare it to, you know, highly ranked institutes and universities around the world. So, so yeah, again, that was a very broad question. So it really depends. Um, How about uh, among your, among your friends, like did a lot of them decide to stay in Iran and work or have some of them emigrated and if they have, for what reasons? So I have friends who decided to stay in the country and work there. And I have friends who has immigrated uh, and uh, decided to explore the world. Um, and I have friends who were looking forward to to go and live somewhere else. So, I mean, I have friends from all the categories. <laughs> um, and each of them have their own reasons. I mean, those who have stayed in the country and started working has this idea of um, making better situation for their children and for other people who are living in the country. Those who have immigrated were looking for new opportunities, maybe were willing to explore what's going on in in uh, in other parts of the world and how people are living or, you know, out of curiosity, maybe. And those who have escaped um, and uh, like just tried whatever they could to to just live in another country, <laughs> I would say, um, might have different reasons. One of them might be economical situation, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe that that is the main reason. So it's not only, it's not only economics that... No, it's not economics only. Right? It may be a sense of adventure, yeah. curiosity, uh, maybe uh, opportunities in to do particular projects that they are interested in. Yeah. Or maybe other reasons, I don't know, like religion, religious reasons, because uh, some people do not want to comply with the, with the constitutional law. Like they have difficulties obeying those rules because you know that the Iran is governed by the Islamic law. Mm-hmm. And um, some people don't want to you know, don't want to live like that. Let's, uh, let's put it that way. So that would also be another reason why some, some that would also would, be another reason to, to emigrate yeah. and say, yeah, I don't want to live under this particular, these particular rules or, or this structure, yeah. the social structure. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is that as Westerners, we misunderstand about Iran. When, when you have conversations with, with Europeans, what is it that they'll tell you about your country that then you have to say, oh, you know, in reality, it's a little bit different? Yes. Um, I'm happy you asked this question uh, because I think that the picture that we all have about different countries mainly comes from movies that we watch or, or, or media, right? And uh, for some strange reasons that I don't know, or I might know, um, the picture that we see in most of the movies that are 
representing Iran is not that beautiful. And I sometimes receive some comments from colleagues and friends about Iran that made me surprised. Like uh, I once was told that uh, people believe that we still use camels to to travel in Iran. Oh, and I was man. like, but seriously, I mean, we, we don't even have camels uh, except in the in the central, you know, desert. Um, so these pictures are, I don't know from where they come, but for sure they come from lack of information. It's getting better and better thanks to the social media and thanks to like, you know, uh, nowadays there are a lot of influencers that just travel around the world and then share their experiences. And, um, and those really help in changing these pictures or wrong pictures from some of the countries. And I believe that Iran is one of those very um, worstly presented or badly presented um, in that sense. So, so the main two facts that I think is misunderstood in the Western world about Iran is, um, first of all, the extent of, you know, development, technological development that we have. So sometimes even if I show some of them the picture of Tehran, they will be like surprised that we have that many, let's say, skyscrapers uh, or, or, or large buildings in the city. Um, and if you look at that closely, um, so we have like fully functional industry, like petrochemical industry, um, I mean, different industries, um, like pharmacological industries, um, a lot of things that we produce ourselves and we do not import them. So the level of development of the country is one of the aspects that is taken for granted or um, badly pictured. <laughs> and the second thing is the safety. Like some people sometimes ask me about uh, whether or not it's safe to travel to Iran. Like I know many places in the world that are less safe and at the same time, they are very touristic. So that's surprisingly enough um, being misled, I would say. People are being misled by the media about these two facts that makes them surprised when they, when they really visit our country. So they, they think, oh, it's a dangerous place, right? There's terrorism, right? Maybe some people confuse Iran with yeah, Iraq. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. Yeah, that's their idea, exactly. Whereas we don't have like... We've never had shootings, or maybe if we had, it was just, I don't know, not even maybe two, three cases in the street, or like, I don't know, thieves, or, um, I mean, there are these sort of crimes in all the cities. I don't want to say that it's the safest place in the world. Of course, these crimes happen even here in Stockholm. Like, it happens for you that you're, uh, and that a robber just uh, steals your backpack, right? It can happen everywhere. But um, if you say that it's not a safe place because it happens regularly, I would disagree with that. Like, it's not at all uh, unsafe. That's good to know. So anyone who wants to go out to Iran, just know it is a safe place to go. And from what I've heard from people who have visited, the generosity that you experience is something that you'll never forget. What is your favorite place? Maybe you can leave, we can end the episode with that final point where you tell us like this place. If you come to Iran, you must visit this place. So my favorite place is the Damavan Peak. It's, uh, I don't know if you know about it or not, but I will explain for those who don't know. It's a potentially active volcano um, in the north of Tehran, the capital. And um, 
it is not working like nowadays, uh, but one day it might become active again. But the area on the hillside of Damavand is is my favorite place in Iran, to be honest. And it's, um, I think, the second uh, prominent peak in Asia after Everest. So for those who enjoy hiking, I really recommend uh, visiting Damavand. And that is my favorite place. But I mean, people have different ideas. There are a lot of places to visit in Iran. If I can explain that in maybe one, two minutes. Uh, can I, George? Yeah, you can tell us. What are some other places that you definitely recommend? So generally speaking, when, when people talk about Iran, uh, they mostly focus on the historical places and cultural places like Isfahan, the city in the middle of Iran, um, with a beautiful, a lot of beautiful actually monuments and, and historical places or, or Shiraz. But I also want to tell people who are listening to this podcast that, uh, if you ever travel to Iran, do not take the nature for, for granted. Like we have beautiful nature in the country. If you travel from north to the south, you can seriously experience four seasons um, in one week. So towards the north, you have all of these mountains, um, mostly covered with uh, with ice and uh, jungles and, and and beautiful nature. And then in the middle, you have desert and, um, you know, all of those endless lands with beautiful night sky. And in the south, we have uh, sand beaches, like white sand beaches. In the Persian Gulf, we have beautiful landscapes that, that one can enjoy. So there is a variety of, of natural, um, let's say, um, interactions that, uh, that I would like to recommend to those who are planning to visit Iran one day. So not just the historical places, but to actually see the nature itself, whether it's mountains or beaches or deserts. Or, so Iran yeah, exactly. has a lot to offer. And your favorite, your favorite Iranian dish? Wow. <laughs> you only get to pick one. If you had to eat this every yeah. day for the rest of your life, what would it be? That's a very difficult question. You know, we have a very delicious cuisine. Of course. So it's really hard <laughs> to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Something okay, I think I will go for the the bagali polo and mahiche. So, which is uh, the uh, a rice which is cooked with some uh, vegetables and uh, a well cooked meat. Yeah, let me search for the for the name. Yeah, and then I, I will put the link and in, in a picture of it on the episode <laughs> when, I, when I when I post it, so everyone can see what you're talking about. And make them hungry yes. for Iranian Persian food. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. No, so thank you so much. You, you've given us a lot to think about, whether it's about the people, uh, the education, the economic situation, places to visit. You've given us a lot to think about. So thank you so much for sharing your That's insights. good to hear. Yeah, no problem. It was my pleasure. And I also enjoyed uh, sharing all of these with you. Yeah. And all the best as you continue in your career. Wherever thank you very much. That, Same that to you. Takes you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was on my way to the airport in Stockholm and sat next to Naede before asking if it was okay. 
I apologized, and she was super friendly about it. We started a conversation and spent the next two hours together. She almost missed her flight because of me. I must say, Iranians are some of my favorite people in the world. I encourage you all to make an Iranian friend. Oh, and I did some research on the question whether children in single sex or mixed schools do better. And the answer is not so simple. I left some links in the show notes for you to learn more about it. Question for you. Do you have a story of a positive encounter with a stranger? If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.